At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. The official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, presented by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of the Hornets. Rob Longo with you today after Charlotte's 125-116 loss in Portland. Yes, it is sadly a silver linings edition of the HHC today, as things got pretty interesting down the stretch of last night's game. And in case you happen to have dozed off with the late-night tip, we'll go ahead and recap it for you, as well as provide you with our silver linings because there were a lot of them, quite frankly, in a loss. Plus, we'll also take a deeper look at what the team has gone through over the last couple of weeks and what they are currently going through on their longest road trip of the season as Gordon Hayward shares his thoughts in his latest blog post. And, of course, I say we because I am joined by Sam Purley, lead writer of Hornets.com. And, Sam, thanks, of course, for always joining me here on the Hornets Hivecast despite it being, A, a late night here back on the East Coast, and, B, a Silver Linings edition. Yes, it is a Silver Linings edition, unfortunately. Thank you again for having me. And if there is an early silver lining, this is our final 10 p.m. start time of the season. So everything else will be a little bit earlier from here on out. So that is a small silver lining in the advancement of the regular silver linings to come. I love how we're getting all these silver linings just to make it a little bit more manageable. Let's go ahead and get into a recap of this one because it was definitely a tale of two halves with everyone clearing health and safety protocols. This was the first time that the Hornets had an entirely healthy roster since November 24th in Orlando, believe it or not. Charlotte started out cold going just 9 of 25 from the field in the first quarter as Portland was 14 of 22 and went 6 of 9 from beyond the arc. Dame Lillard had a 17-point quarter and the trailblazer Blazers led it 41 to 24. The second quarter was more of the same as Rip City ripped off another 40 points in the second frame to lead it 81 to 55 at the break. Those 81 points allowed by Charlotte tied a franchise record for most allowed in a half, which happened all the way back on January 26, 1994, in a loss to the Orlando Magic led by Shaquille O'Neal. Ben McLemore erupted for a 20-point quarter as Portland shot 64% from both three and the floor in general. The one bright spot though was that Lamelo Ball had 15 points in the first half 
half and didn't look like he missed a step after sitting out the last six games. Hello ball out there with McDaniels, Hayward, Oubre, and Mason Plumley in the middle. He gives it to Ball. Ball straight away three is good. LaMelo Ball cannot miss. Well, you get the sense he's been waiting for this. The second half was a complete 180 for the Hornets, who were able to limit Portland to 44 points in the entire second quarter. Charlotte got the deficit down to 17 in the third frame, thanks to a spark provided off the bench by Ish Smith. Now Smith drives the lane. Lefty lane is good. Ish Smith hit him with the hezzy. He's got six. This is an 11-point game, folks. 6.52 left in the fourth quarter. As you heard from that highlight, the momentum carried over into the fourth quarter for the Hornets, who got it down to as little as six late in the fourth, thanks to this sequence. Hello, crosses over to the right hand, gets into the lane, goes up with a two-handed dunk, and he finishes at the rim. LaMelo Ball, 25. Hornets down eight. Ball dazzling here tonight. Powell drives, gathers, throws a lob, intercepted by Bridges, fires it up the floor for Oubre. Oubre in the lane with the Eurostep, lefty lane is good. This is a six-point game. Stunned silence here inside the Moda Center. A minute 15 left, and the Hornets have come all the way back to making a two-possession contest. But at the end, the first half deficit was too much to overcome as Charlotte falls 125 to 116 and is now 16 and 15 on the season. Sam, it was definitely a frustrating night as Charlotte nearly overcame a 29 point deficit. Yeah, it was a tough night. And I think you kind of look at the comeback and, you know, there may be you get it down to six there with maybe a minute and 15 left. And I think they went two of eight from three in the fourth quarter. So you have to think, I mean, a couple of them were good looks. You get hit one of those and it really kind of felt like the Blazers were kind of just trying to hold on there. Like if the game maybe goes five or six more minutes, you know, the Hornets will take it. But I think you've you got to kind of look at the bigger picture here. And, and obviously giving up 81 points in the first half is just not going to be a recipe for success. It's just they fell behind by 29, trailed by 29 in the third quarter. I think Portland kind of – it's just going to be natural. You're going to start missing some shots, pull back on the reins a little bit, and it, it left the door open. But, you know, giving up 40 points in each of the first two quarters, it's just, it's just not going to be a recipe for winning. And I think the team knows that. It was really – obviously addressed after the game you know the good thing is that defense seemed to kind of right itself in the second half only giving up 44 points after giving up 41 and 40 in the first two quarters so they can do it they've shown they can play this the kind of defense that wins games but it's just got to be more of a consistent 48 effort moving forward and that's something that miles bridges touched on after last night's game about how it's that full 48 minute effort and just really a sense of urgency to start the game with in general i mean we got all our players back in the world but if we come out like a days ago Anybody can beat us, you know. They just came off losing, what, 10 out of 11? You can't come out and play like that against anybody, you know, especially when they got a player like Dame that could go off for 43, you know. So we can't, we can't wait till we get down with 25, 30, start playing with pride. And, and that's what we did today. We waited too late. I mean, there's no excuses. There's no excuses, you know. We got to go out and play hard all the time. We got to go out and play hard like we, like we didn't have our players. You know what I'm saying? We were, we were playing hard every game. We gave ourselves a chance every game. And now that we got everybody back, if we play hard like that, sky's the limit for us, you know? So we just got to get back to playing Hornets basketball, playing hard, getting on transition, um, having fun. Sam, one of the things I touched on with Sam Farber at the end of our broadcast last night on the Hornets Radio Network was the fact that the Hornets have all of these players finally back from health and safety protocols. The thing that we always talk about, at least Sam Farber and I, is that it seems like the first game back for everybody, whether it's health and safety protocols, whether it's just injuries in general, it can be a little sluggish. There's that you know time missed. You aren't quite clicking all together. The chemistry might not be there. You're just trying to get back into the flow of things. But it 
always seems like the second game back is when a player or players really start to take off. Of course, that's something that we might look at down the road a little bit here as we get into our preview of Phoenix on tomorrow's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. But there's a sense that, you know, well, it's great to have all of these players back from health and safety protocols. We have to keep in mind that this is just their first game back in almost a week and a half for most of these players. Yeah, I definitely think there is some validity a little bit to getting the rotation all back. And you've got guys that took on more enhanced roles when guys were out this past week or past two weeks, Cody Martin, Gordon Hayward, Kelly Oubre, you know, they're getting more shots. They're handling the ball a little bit more. You've got, you know, kind of bench guys that haven't played all season. Your rookies, James Booknights, guys like that, they were coming in and really looking to take advantage of, you know, their first meaningful playing time of the season. And then, you know, kind of working yourself backwards now that you get LaMelo Ball back and you get Ish Smith back and you got Terry back and Mason and Jalen like it's not as easy as just hey just come back and everyone everything will be good to go just like it was before the health and safety protocol so it is definitely an adjustment but something that will kind of get sorted out over the next few games and JB's spoken a lot about this you know over the last week as guys started to kind of trickle back but overall like we said Miles you know hit the nail on the head the defense they know they can play better and it doesn't really matter if you have all those guys if you're going to put or that kind of defensive effort, not have that defensive intensity to start games, it's really not going to matter who's in the lineup because that's going to be where it starts. you got to start games a lot stronger. And the Hornets know they can do that. And, you know, hopefully this is something they can kind of learn from and build on moving forward for the rest of this road trip. Once again, the Hornets fall last night in Portland, 125 to 116, now falling to 16 and 15 here on the campaign so far again will be back in action Sunday in the desert to take on the Phoenix Suns. But despite everything going on, even with the loss, the Hornets still sit currently in sixth place as we get to the start of business here today with everything else going on around the association. So once again, 125 to 116, your final score, the Hornets fall in Rip City. There were plenty of silver linings in this one after last night's game, and we will get to those next right here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Rob Longo and Sam Perley with you here of Hornets.com on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast following Charlotte's 125 to 116 loss. And Sam, as the guest of honor, as always, I will let you go first with your silver linings. I held out a couple of stats and some facts and figures in our last segment because I wanted to get to them here because a lot of them really do tie into both of our silver linings, really. Well, it's good to hear. It's a season of giving, so that's very nice of you. My silver lining is going to be the bench play. I thought the bench was really, really good tonight. I think some of the starters just couple of them had kind of an off night. I think they put the team down 29. I think in the third quarter, JB really turned to guys like Ish Smith, PJ, Kelly started to kind of come alive in the second half. Cody Martin had another big game. Bench play actually outscored Portland 58 to 45. And outside of like just a hugely season best performance from Ben McMore, he had 28 on eight of 13 shooting from three. The other three Portland bench players combined for just 17 points. So they really just had one guy kind of go off on the bench. So, and that group really fueled Charlotte's turnaround, got him back in the game. JB really credited Ish Smith as well. He only finished with six points, but was plus 15 in 13 minutes. It's kind of getting this comeback going, giving the Hornets, you know, a chance at the end though. Bench play I thought was really, really good. And they looked like they had some guys that were really 
really kind of settled into going back to more, maybe some reduced roles compared to what they had been experiencing over the last few weeks with all the absences and things like that. And in this season of giving, Sam Perley, of course, steals my thunder. Here is what James Borrego said last night about Ish after the loss. You know, I thought Ish was fantastic tonight. Got us back in this game just with his overall effort, energy. I thought he was ready to go tonight. With that said, Sam, a little bit of the way that Ish played in that second half. Again, all of his minutes came in the second half. He finishes with just 13 minutes, but and again, only six points, but was the leader in plus minus with that plus 15 across either team. And that was including a Portland team that was up by 29 at one point. So just really impressive stuff by Ish Smith running the point, playing some pretty good defense, but it almost felt like one of those performances where earlier in the season when the Hornets were out in Brooklyn that he was able to kind of take over the reins in the fourth quarter, just become one of those pesky players that he's always been in his career. It was a really a thorn in the side for the Nets when they were in Brooklyn, who had a really strong fourth quarter. It kind of felt like that a little bit last night in Portland. The only difference was, well, he wasn't scoring a lot and the result didn't go in favor of the Hornets, but I got similar vibes just by the way that he was able to spark the Hornets coming off the bench. Yeah, absolutely. And he's another guy, I think, you know, obviously this was kind of Mark earmarked as, you know, LaMelo Ball finally training. This is also Ish Smith's first game in a while. He missed, I want to say, five games because he did play the first game after the big wave of guys went to Portal. He was playing that Hawks game and then missed, I think, the Philly game, Sacramento game, Dallas, and San Antonio. So he missed five games. Yeah, I thought he was really good. And it did, that was a really good point. He did remind me a little bit of that first Brooklyn game. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, you clearly had a really good performance from him. He looked, you know, right on cue, um, really kind of willed that team in the second half. It'll be interesting to see if JB is going to stick with this 10-man rotation or if it was just kind of a thing because the team was down so much. You just kind of just wanted to see where you're at with the rotation. Or if you go back to nine, it, it kind of had fluctuated between nine and 10 to start the year. And I think it settled on nine with Ish kind of as that 10th guy. And then, you know, obviously the absences and everything. So that's something I think to kind of watch out for the rest of this road trip, kind of getting guys, especially with a back-to-back coming up, making sure guys are getting the rest and, you know, just doing, I guess, what's best for the team. But that's something I think could kind of monitor whether you go with nine or 10 guys, because he did get such good minutes from Ish Smith. Can you afford to not play him if he's going to play like he did last night? With that said, my silver lining has to go to LaMelo Ball. Now Ball steals the pass, races up with the right hand, throws down a two-handed Dr. Pepper dunk. LaMelo Ball, thievery and the finish. He's up to 19 points. Hornets cut the deficit back to 14. Mello finishes with a team-high 27 points. The plus-minus wasn't the greatest, but again, he played 29 minutes out there. Field goal shooting looked good, 11-17 from the floor, 3-5 from beyond the arc, only went to the foul line twice, able to hit both free throws. Only had four rebounds, five assists, but that's pretty much what a typical LaMelo game is. I mean, you know, he can't be averaging close to a triple-double forever, I guess, especially after not playing the last six games. So, really impressed with what LaMelo Ball was able to do. Like I said, again, he is a younger guy. He's only 20 coming out of health and safety protocols it doesn't affect the younger players more than it does the older players obviously but Mello talked about just how tough it was to sit around and really not being able to do anything for the last week and a half honestly just sitting around you know can't really do nothing energy real low head everything tired messed up so honestly just not touching the basketball for real Sam we know how much LaMelo Ball loves the game of basketball so I can't imagine how much that pained him to just kind of sit around and not do much for the last week and a half but with that said it didn't seem like LaMelo Ball really missed a beat at all whether it was offensively defensively it was just one of those instances where Portland shot the ball really well last night but LaMelo Ball definitely played his part and without LaMelo I don't know where the Hornets would have been in this one yeah and he was really good in that fourth quarter I think he played maybe the first like two or 
or three minutes of the third quarter. JB, I think, kind of went to the bench, went to Ish, kind of trying to mix things up, not necessarily pinpointing certain people individually, but I think he just needs to try something different with the lineup. And I think he rode that rotation throughout the third quarter, maybe start of the fourth. And then LaMelo, after sitting for a while, came back in for the final, I want to say, seven minutes of the fourth quarter, um, had 10 points, five to six shooting. Um, and I think some of the fouls he had at the end were really just fouls to, I mean, they were having to kind of gamble a little bit defensively and try and get steals and traps and things like that because they just needed to, to get takeaways to get a couple more possessions to try and tie it up. So, yeah, overall, tremendous performance by him. And, you know, that that's what you want to see. I think he's such a rhythm guy, such a rhythm player that maybe could have expected it takes a little bit longer to kind of get things back. You know, you go back to last season all the time. He missed. It took a little while. I know that was a different situation. But, yeah, efficiency was really good. Turnovers, just two turnovers and, and shot the ball really well. And, again, some of the foul stuff I think was more just kind of – on purpose at the end. So overall, really good performance. Have to be encouraged, at least where he's at after missing the past two weeks. And one more notable silver lining for you as we wrap this segment up. It's worthwhile mentioning as Miles Bridges finishes with the double-double last night, 14 points. He also had 11 assists, which is a career high for Miles Bridges. So another just milestone performance from Sky Miles in last night's 125-116 to loss. One more segment coming up here on the Hornets Hivecast. We've talked about it a little bit, but we haven't really taken a deep dive into it yet is that the Hornets are currently on their longest road trip of what will be the season at this point, a six-game road trip out west and Gordon Hayward talked about that a little bit in his latest blog post we will discuss that next right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans it's time to get some new gear the best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets fan shop now with new extended hours stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys Jordans and more or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Hello ball on the wing, gives to Gordon Hayward. He'll turn, face, fires for three. Yes, Gordon Hayward. Knocks down another Lowe's three-point shot, his second of the game. Rob Longo and Sam Perley of Hornets.com with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta and Sam. Gordon Hayward is one of the interesting guys on this team. I feel like he is very transparent. He's very generous with his time with the media. He's always willing to answer any questions that you have for him. But one of the other things that he does in his spare time that he doesn't really have based off of being, you know, a father to four kids, he's got, you know, his wife at home and all of that as well. Well, but you know he doesn't have a lot of free time but when he's on the road he does like to get some blog posts up as well it's something that he's been doing throughout his career and he had a recent blog post just the other day titled riding the buzz and he talked about how they are a third of the way through the season more or less and he just talked about how everything is gone he picked it up with the health and safety protocols with guys being out like Lamelo and Terry and Ish and Mason and he talked about how there's just so much uncertainty because it's like one day they're there and the next day they're not and you just kind of become isolated isolated from them a little bit. Then he just kind of took a deeper look into the way that the Hornets and the younger guys on the team were able to step up in those absences of those veteran players, guys like James Booknight, JT Thor, Kai Jones, just to name a few. And then he goes on to talk about this stretch that the Hornets are currently on, which is a six-game road trip, like I mentioned, heading out west, the longest that the Hornets will have this season. But, you know, like we've talked about a couple of times here on the Hornets Hivecast, a very, very, very favorable second half of the season for the Hornets where they don't have to go out to the west coast at all. 
both of the West Coast swings are done for after they wrap up the next couple of games here going into this weekend and wrapping up next week right before Christmas. And then he just talked about how, you know, when you go out on the road, you miss a lot of things at home. Obviously, like I mentioned, he's got four little ones back home, three little girls and a boy as well. So, you know, he's missing those big milestone moments. He can't quite be there for everything and just kind of puts things into perspective a little bit because a lot of people think, yeah, these guys are professional basketball players, you know, from one night to the next, they're hopping on these chartered planes, staying in these really nice hotels, getting all this treatment that they need, practicing as much as they want. But, you know, you obviously miss home, you miss your loved ones. And it's those little things that kind of add up, especially on a six game road trip. I just wanted to get your takeaways from everything that Gordon talked about in his blog post. Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed this blog post from Gordon. And and he's done a few of these throughout the season every year. I think he came to Charlotte. I wasn't sure if he was doing them before here, but just kind of talking about sort of the ins and outs of, of the league and what you don't really necessarily see from an outside you know you see these guys go and they play and they travel and but you don't really see kind of the behind the scenes and maybe some of the emotional toll and sort of the mental toll particularly in the last year and a half with covid and health and safety protocols and everything going on it can be really really challenging and i think Gordon does a good job of kind of highlighting that but also kind of talking up a lot of his teammates and, and sort of the progress they made and that's what you want to see from a guy that has been in the league for 11 and 12 years I mean, he's such a, a smart seasoned well-traveled veteran and you know for the most part most part i guess in interviews is pretty soft-spoken but you can tell that he's he's really analytical he's really smart very very knowledgeable of the game he wants to win he wants to succeed and he's thriving here in charlotte you know last year but he just does it kind of so quietly and methodically i think sometimes it goes unnoticed but you know i thought it was really really interesting and just very reflective overall you know having a guy that can kind of look at things and explain things and do them on kind of different mediums and platforms and you know some of his interests outside and i thought the best thing like you said you highlighted the family thing i think it's one thing for some guys to come to the league and you're 20 or 21 years old and you're kind of just a kid and you're getting your feet under you and you don't really have those obligations but as you get older and you you know you start and you get married and you have a family and you've got kids I mean it, it does take a toll you're going to miss out on some of those you know those moments here or there but you know just kind of I guess learning how to balance it and learning how to manage it and having a good support system around you like Gordon clearly has is kind of key to I guess getting through it or understanding it so really really interesting I encourage everyone to go check it out I think it's posted on his Twitter account and it's called Riding the Buzz so really cool stuff from Gordon and uh, I'm looking forward to the next one so now that we got kind of the background the inside baseball if you will out of the way I wanted to hone in on this interesting segment of his blog post he titles it grueling stretch and it starts off saying I think we're probably driving our head coach James Borrego nuts because we've been so up and down and then he goes on to say the driving force behind our inconsistency has been our defense or lack thereof we've just had too many stretches of games where we aren't defending up to our standard and teams are scoring way too much especially in transition puts so much pressure on our offense says as a team we like to push the pace get the ball up we play fast all this stuff that we kind of know and then he goes on to say when we don't play well on defense it's almost like we have to score at least 130 points to win a game and that's really tough to do especially on the road that's where a lot of our losing streaks have happened it's hard to win on the road if your defense fails you that stretch that we have had here to start the season has probably been the most difficult schedule I've had in my career as far as not only the number of games we've had but the number of road games again keep in mind Sam that this was posted earlier in the week this wasn't posted you know exactly after the game last night or anything like that so it seems like Gordon Hayward here is I don't want to say he's channeling his inner Nostradamus but he kind of foreshadowed what happened to the Hornets last night he talked about needing to score 100 130 points to win well Portland put up 125 in last night's game you know not playing well on defense the Hornets gave up a lot of open looks from three which resulted obviously in a loss last night against the Trailblazers and he talked about how they haven't played 
well on the road. So it just seems like Gordon has this figured out. But with that said, what do the Hornets really need to do to change that? They know what the problem is, but is it easier said than done when you're trying to fix those sort of issues defensively? Yeah, I think it's, you know, you clearly look at it and, and here's the reality of this. Is the offense can come easy. I mean, everybody in the NBA can score. Now, not everybody can necessarily play at the pace and tempo that the Hornets have and have the shooters. I mean, they've done such a, a fabulous job of building up this offense and, and even reading this, this portion that Gordon wrote about. I mean, I wonder if it's just the way they play so fast just leads to more defensive possessions and the defensive pace can't necessarily keep up with the offensive pace. And sometimes when you have those off nights and shots aren't falling, the defensive pace is just going to just build up on the other side a little bit. I'm not suggesting, you know, slowing down the offensive pace or anything, but there's kind of have to be a balance. It can't just be, and these guys know this, it can't be all one-sided on just the offense. I mean, you've got to bring that same sort of intensity to the defensive side that you're putting to the offensive side. So I don't know if it's just so many more possessions during the game because the pace is so high and it's just it's hard for the defense to keep up with how fast the offense is moving and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, they've had stretches this year where the defense has been really, really good and has been clicking and they're giving themselves a chance and they're starting games. And I think they had that stretch maybe – let's say November-ish, early December, where they're getting off to good starts in games and they're, and they're winning games in crunch time and they're hanging with teams or it's a close game and they won a lot of crunch time games because they were giving themselves a chance. But the problem is, is like when you give up, like last night, 82 points in the first half and fall behind by 30, you just don't give yourself a chance. I mean, a 30-point comeback, you know, they got within striking distance, but ultimately you just your margin for error is so, so thin in something like that. You just have to have every single thing go perfectly for the final 20 minutes of the game in order to pull off a 30 point comeback. It's just, it's why it doesn't happen that often because it's just not, it's just really, really improbable. So I think they'll get there. I mean, I think they, you know, knock on wood, they can kind of get some momentum with the health and, and keeping guys in the lineup and kind of get back to source because they have played really good defenses here. A lot of it I think is just starting games slow. And I think things can just tend to get away from them a little bit in the defensive category. So fingers crossed, they know what they need to do and, you know, hopefully, you know, moving forward, they can get both sides kind of playing more balanced basketball and pick up some wins and get some momentum going. Next opportunity for the Hornets is, well, tomorrow against the Phoenix Suns, a red-hot team that has just recently rattled off 18 wins in a row and is one of the best teams in the NBA, of course, behind the Golden State Warriors. But with that said, well, the Hornets have beaten the Golden State Warriors, and they also defeated the Suns out in Phoenix last season as well. So we'll see what happens tomorrow, but that is for a podcast for tomorrow as Sam Farber and Stan Norfleet of Sports Radio WFNZ will get you set for that one. Sam Purley of Hornets.com, thank you so much for joining me today once again here on the HHC. Of course, thank you for having me as always. And thanks to all of you for joining us for today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast as well. Like I mentioned, Sam Farber and Stan Norfleet will get you set for tomorrow's showdown against the Suns as the Hornets will try to take out the defending Western Conference champions on their home floor. For Sam Purley, I'm Rob Longo saying so long and thank you for listening to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, and we'll see you tomorrow right here on the HHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.